You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
You better take a look at yourself, yeah. Talking to my people. But you just don't see. But you're living, living like at. you're living. Living like you're living. Caught up in the make-believe. Lost in Get your dream. Ghetto people. Stop giving up your self-respect. Stop it, y'all. Talking to my people. Take some strange turns on you Living with the bangs thrown at you Leave you in the cold With a day that's not worth having Chances on the shore Falls a breeze You'll never come to feel what you need When what you really want inside Can only come from you listening to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We pour this libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we pour this libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We pour this libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we pour this libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we pour this libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family, hope everything is well for you today. Hope you can have a great weekend. Hope you get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And I hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not, and it has to get done. It must be done. It will get done because you will make sure that it gets done and you will continue to do it safely. 
You're listening to the African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that, and at the drop-down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Of course, you can use the shortcut whatever way that you <clears throat> surf the net, whether it's Google, you know, whatever. Firefox. Just put in Baba Oshi, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net. Baba Oshi dot net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. On Mondays, from 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central with Dr. Kamal Kambon, his wife, Dr. Mawia Kambon, and their daughter, Nataki Kambon. Black Therapy Central from 8 to 9. On Tuesdays from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. And then on Wednesday, the Black Farmers Report from 8 to 9. On Wednesday, the Black Farmers Report. Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, you know it is time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday, from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. From 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses from webuyblack.com. Uh, I'm quite sure some of you have Facebook and you've seen some of the commercials for WeBuyBlack.com, the products that they produce. There's a, there's a a kit that you can buy. I'm not sure how much the kit is. I'll research it. But it has the laundry detergent. It has a number of things, the uh, <clears throat> toothbrushes and all those things that are produced by WeBuyBlack.com. And, of course, they're still looking for donations to create that supermarket here in the Atlanta area and I suggest that we support it. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, a lot of days I'm like, man, it's just bothersome, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Africa for the Africans. Brother Bomani Tahimba is ready for his next excursion coming uh, next month in a few weeks. May 24th to June 5th, 2022, going to Ghana and for $3,800. Then November 17th, November 17th through the 28th, going to Tanzania, $3,800. Then December 24th, 2022 to January 5th, 2023, for $4,000 going to Ghana. And then this was the uh, trip that was postponed, and now it has been rescheduled for March 31st to Jan- January, March 31st to April 10th, 2023, $3,800 to Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th, 2023. So it's the same dates as this year, but it is next year. May 24th, 
for $4,000 going to Ghana. And then July 20th to the 30th, July 20th through the 30th, 2023 for $3,800 to Liberia. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, $4,000 going to South Africa. Going to South Africa. I tell you, man, you, you know, you got to give it up to Brother Bomani Tayemba and everything you need. I mean, if you're not even going on his trip, if you are contemplating wanting to go to Africa, maybe something has come up that an opportunity for you to go and um, just go to his website. Everything, you need, all the information, the shots and all so forth, all is on his website, brothers and sisters. If you want to see pictures, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see pictures of his previous tours, if you want to see videos of his previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomanti 2007. You can check out the videos of previous tours. Africa for the Africans.org. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated. Habasha helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. The work that has been done by Habasha locally here in the Atlanta area with the uh, <clears throat> Habasha Works Program, Black Tar Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and the Urban Green Jobs. And of course, the Kashi Project that they have been working on in Ghana. The buildings are up. It is ready. It's going to be a launch or an opening, an international opening, and that's going to be October 8th through the 17th in Ghana. And of course, uh, by going there at that time for the Kashi Project, you'll see what they've done, all the things they offer, um, land that you can purchase, uh, become a part of that community, repatriation, all of it. So that's going to be October 8th through the 17th, 2022, this year, this October. For more information, go to Habasha. Incorporated.org forward slash Kashi. And then you can check it all out. They got a lot of good pictures and so forth on the website, brothers and sisters. Habashaincorporated.org. The LEDGE program. LEDGE stands for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The brothers and sisters of the LEDGE program, they have, uh, and they deal with the four areas of human existence that you must have. And that is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six countries with over 170 employed and over 260 members. Become a member of the Ledge Group, brothers and sisters. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibia Toomey. Abibiatoomey.com. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com. Abibiatoomey.com. Brothers and sisters, go to Abibiatoomey.com. Make it a favorite. They have a lot of things to offer. If you want to learn the language, which of course I always suggest that we need to learn Swahili as a people so we can communicate with one another in our language like other community, like other cultural groups do. You know, other cultural groups do. And even in this language, it's still, you know, this is a, a messed up language for us, for sure. So, Abibia Tumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Dot com. 
Yeah. Smy Pharmacy. S M A I F A R M A C Y. SmyPharmacy.com. Brothers and sisters, contact Brother Jabril. You can contact Brother Jabril at this number. 731 327 6229. That's 731 327 6229. Smy Pharmacy. And brothers and sisters, if you are contemplating of making a health change in your life, you will need to contact him. He can assist you and uh, with all the things that will help you to make that change a reality for you and for this year and the coming years of optimum good health because that's what time it is. Smy Pharmacy. If you want to contact him on email, contact him at smypharmacy at gmail. Smypharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Badada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar located in the West End here in the Atlanta area on Ralph David Abernathy across the street from the Soul Vegetarian Restaurant up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna which unfortunately is still closed. They have delicious smoothies and fruit drinks, health drinks and pastries and so forth. And uh, they sell vegan dinners tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. That's the Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Contact Mama Nia if you're looking for books. She also has a fine selection of books. Postcards, greeting cards, and gift certificates, and figurines, and T-shirts, and all kind of good stuff at the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. She's on the main strip of Bigger. In fact, I, last week, Mama Baina just did a little presentation. It was excellent. But give them a call. Give give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore in Lithonia, Brother Kazemde Ajamu. Give him a call at 404-519-8107. 404-519-8107. And uh, check out the Medu Bookstore. Excuse me. Check out the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia. Up the street from <clears throat> Kazemde on I-20 going east is the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. It exits 73, which is Turner Hill Road. When you exit that, you make a right. Three lights, make a right. If you pass the pop, uh, pass the, uh, was that the Popeye's chicken? Or Bojangles? I don't know. But if you pass either one of them, you've gone too far. <laughs> so make that right at that light, and it's going to be on the left, about two blocks on the left. It is uh, formerly a target. It has been transformed and it's beautiful. And more buildings are coming up and people are starting to really be um, <clears throat> are really getting into the new Black Wall Street market. So check it out, especially on the weekends, the new Black Wall Street market. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Us lifting us their Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night. Last night's broadcast, outstanding. Uh, on Blog Talk Radio, that is blogtalkradio.com forward slash us lifting us. 
and uh, every Thursday night at from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And you can uh, go online and get us lifting us and put in that information. Blacktalkradio.com forward slash ULU. The program is called Dare to Win. Or you can call, you know, you can dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789 for us lifting us. Also, too, I'll give a shout out to my good brother, Brother Muhammad. Excuse me. No, Brother Yusef Muhammad. Brother Yusef Muhammad with Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness on Fridays from 4 to 6 on Blog Talk Radio. The number to call for his program to listen or to make a comment or question or have a concern is 563-999-3089. That's 563-999-3089. That's Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with Brother Yusef Muhammad. Homeland Village, located in Macon, Georgia, 2910 Napier Avenue, Macon, Georgia. Give Brother Abija a call at 478-256-1166, 478-256-1166. Homeland Village, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, Sun Got a Sense there, a one-stop shop. This brother also is a one-stop shop. He has furniture, clothing, he even has a restaurant. Sells books, tapes, um, products, beauty products, and so forth. Everything that you need right there at the Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon. And so we're going to talk about Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Give our good sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sister Gabby has been doing great work in the northeastern portion up in the hills of the island of Haiti. And uh, you go to her website at Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I. Dot org Sanjay-Haiti.org and look at the beautiful work that she's doing with education, health care, sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship. Working with those young people. It's a blessing. Sanjay-Haiti. Baba Baruti, Akaban Institute, and Mama Yah. Please, they deserve to be supported, brothers and sisters, and you know it. Go to Send your check or money order. <clears throat> send your check or money. Send your check or money order out to Akaban Institute and send it to P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia 30310. That's Akaban Institute, P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia 30310. You can use PayPal, PayPal, Yah, Baruti, Y A A B A R U T I at Yahoo or Cash App dollar sign Yah Y A A the letter M B A R U T I and uh, you can make your donation that way ongoing. Also too if you want to buy some books go to Akabinhouse.com Akabinhouse.com if you want to buy some books and of course we 
need to buy books. But I'm gonna do this before I go. I'm gonna today. We're gonna have as our uh, we're gonna talk about the Inye Say Sim. That'll be our discussion for today. That is, that's going to be our discussion for today. The Inye Say Sim, uh, the month of April. There's, I missed a few days in the month, so I'm gonna go over some that I gone over already, but uh, some that um, I'm going to that I missed, and we'll talk about that. So that'll be the discussion for today. Um, African family, we hope that all is well. We are excited to share flyers for Akaban's upcoming programs, along with very important bonus community events. While most of these events will be online only, the Abakasim Sum Sum will continue to be live, and we plan for Kabuka to be live again this year. We hope you will be able to join us. Madasi P. Asante Sana for your nation-building work and your ongoing support of our work. The struggle continues, but we are winning, and we are going to win. That's right, Bibi Fohodier. I love that. Okay, for the first thing that is up, it's May 7th, next Saturday. Mama Yah, the sister circle, Mama Inia, facing African mental health issues, next Saturday from 4 to 6. Exactly from four to six, and um, you can uh, pay by. It's a ten dollars, five dollars for teens, ten dollars for adults, and you can make your payment once again uh, through PayPal, Yah Baruti at Yahoo dot com or Cash App, dollar sign Yah, and then Baruti. Include the pertinent information. Facing African mental health issues. And uh, your name, your email address, where the link should be sent to. Okay. Then the Baba Broody lecture that same day, the sex imperative. And his from 12 to 3, the sex imperative. This, the sex imperative revisited lecture and discussion. Okay. And that's going to be next Saturday as well from 12 p.m., 12 noon to 3 p.m. And that's the Eastern time. And so you make your donation. You know, this is going to be $20 for warriors and $10 for warriors in training via PayPal or Cash App. Include your name, the sex imperative, revisit it, your name, and of course your email address. And the Bacchus and Sumsum is May 15th, Sunday, May 15th, if you're in Atlanta. Bring the children, bring the young people, says my mom Marimba. May 15th from 1230 to 630. It's just dynamic, the work that the brothers and sisters do to put that African spiritual and it's deeply spiritual warfare and ancestral presentations on. You know, the, the, the promotional is outstanding. I might play the promotional later because it's outstanding. And then June events, June 4th, Akban Institute's 8th Annual Complementarity Conference, brothers and sisters, African Love, Celebrating Lessons Learned, Saturday, June 4th, from 4 to 7, online, from 4 to 7. And it's $20 per adult, $10 per teen. Same thing applies, uh, Complementarity Conference, your name, your email address, where to send it to. 
Okay. And then Ackerman Institute summer program. Uh, they have a summer program which uh, we're offering on online. Contact the Barudis, uh, Baba Baruti and Mama Yah. They have uh, what they're offering. Mama Yah is doing language arts and math tutoring Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thursday and Tuesday and Thursday online sessions we schedule. And Baba Baruti is doing um, our story on Tuesdays and Thursdays and chess. You know, so check them out. And then, of course, they have the books. They have registered details for the SAFO. The SAFO is the Young Warriors. Okay, of course, on that. And um, that's going to be ongoing, a four-week course held each Wednesday, starting June 22nd to July 13th. And then Kibuka. Kibuka's deep family. Remembrance the remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. Kibuka. November 19th from 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Kibuka. All right. All right, family. We're going to, um, as I said, we're going to look at the Inye Sesim, you know, daily revolutionary thought. I just, you know, you come across stuff on Facebook and other uh, things that just kind of catch you and you want to, you know, send them back to you, you know? Like this one I, I seen uh, by Sister Octavia Butler. Octavia Butler. Choose your leaders with wisdom and forethought. To be led by a coward is to be controlled by all that the coward fears. To be led by a fool is to be led by the opportunists who control the fool. To be led by a thief is to offer up your most precious treasures to be stolen. To be led by a liar is to add, to ask to be told lies. To be led by a tyrant is to sell yourself and those you love into slavery. Watch who leads you, family. Watch who leads you. You know? Because I tell you, we we need leadership. You know that. But we have to make sure that those who are leading us are leading us in the path that we must go. That's going to help us be the people that we must be. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work for us. We need dynamic leadership and we don't need a leader some a charismatic leader no we need a cadre of leadership we need some brothers and sisters who are going to be committed to leadership and they will work things out on our behalf or with with whoever that's what we need you know that's what we need a cadre of leadership yeah. So we're going to read from the Inye Sesim. Um Brother, um, I saw this too. Good piece. I'm going to play this. Okay? Yeah, I'm going to play this. Inside Washington's Museum of the Bible, a single volume that is like no other. 
the so-called slave Bible. Remarkable not for what's in it, but for what's not. So about 90% of the Old Testament's been removed, and about 50% of the New Testament's been removed. Uh, to put it another way, a normal King James Version has 1,189 chapters in it. Uh, the Slave Bible has only 232. Missing are chapters and verses that might have encouraged uprisings. Book of Exodus, redacted. No story of Moses demanding Pharaoh, let my people go. Gone is Galatians, and the verse, There is neither bond nor free, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And no Jeremiah, woe unto him that useth his neighbor's service without wages. What they've left in are verses such as Ephesians 6.5, which is the famous verse, Slaves, be obedient to your master. Looking at this Bible, it's hard to tell that anything's been taken out of it. That's correct. I mean, it looks like a normal book. For many enslaved Africans, this would have been the first time they were exposed to the Bible. A Bible selectively edited to instill obedience, using religion to underpin the horror of slavery. When people encounter this exhibit, what lasting impression do you want them to leave with? Well, we want to pass the message on that may this never happen again. Uh, the Bible itself is a, is a whole book. It's not one that you get to carve up and use this piece or that piece. The slave Bible designed to repress rebellion, but it didn't work. Enslaved people in the Caribbean constantly fought against slavery until emancipation. I think it's very relevant to understand our history. Not just American history, but our African-American history, our roots and how we got to this point. A dark chapter in the history of the good book. Jeff Bennett, NBC News, Washington. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe by clicking on that button down here. And click on any of the videos over here to watch the latest interviews, show highlights, and digital exclusives. Thanks for watching. NBC has, a, I remember seeing that as a feature some years ago. So it's kind of old. But, you know, a lot of our people didn't know that there was a slave Bible, that they took out all that information. Well, to me, the Bible is also, well, <clears throat> you know. <laughs> To me, Christian religion and the Bible itself, in fact, uh, you know, last week or this week, we had Brother Jeremiah Kamara, who um, did an outstanding job of talking about his documentary, Holy Hierarchy, the religious roots of racism, white supremacy, and of course, they utilize the Bible. Now, when this piece you just heard that the, a lot of things were removed, uh, I'm quite sure that's probably not the Bible that Nat Turner was reading. And if it was, he still was inspirational. He still was inspired by whatever stories that he read about being free. So even if he didn't have the Exodus story or some other stories, he was still inspired by that. But to me, the Christian religion along with the Bible, of course, which is the, the text for the Christian religion, whether it's whatever denominations of Christian religion, they, they are, they're different versions of the Bible. But they call, all those books are called the Bible because it is pattern many of the stories that have been collected over the you know hundreds of years thousands of years 
but it's not a religion and it's not the book for African liberation. It's not a religion and it's not a book for African liberation. And so if we want to be inspired by something, we need to be inspired by the words of our ancestors, our scholars and our historians. That's the inspiration that we need. So we're going to deal with, uh, you can give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We're going to talk, we're going to look at this book, the Enye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. And of course, uh, the Inye Sesim, it gives a quote from an, one of our ancestors or contemporaries, brother or sister who, and then from that quote, Baba Barudi writes a narrative from that quote. This, the, I'm going to choose April and pick out some of the, some of the ones that I feel are important and we can discuss them. I think it's vital. This is one from April 2nd. Pablo Free. Freedom is not an idea located outside of man, nor is it an idea which becomes myth. It is rather the indispensable condition for the quest of human completion. I think when we talk about with Baba Barudi, some of the quotes that he, he selects, and I think he wants us, he wants us to think on it, but more importantly, to to be active within it. Because to read something and then internalize it and say, okay, that's cool. But what makes things happen is action. So to read something and it calls you to have an action, that is the desired. That is what is desired. His response or his narrative, freedom like power is our essence. It is inherited, creator given characteristics inexplicable by any means. And inextractable by any means. It is a spiritual force where the recognized has instability separable part of an individual choice or not. It is always there. Freedom is always there. It cannot be given and it cannot be taken except by force or choice. And even when force is involved, it is still a choice because physical and mental captivity are two different things. Just like when Kanye West said slavery was a choice. Well, I tell you, it really wasn't a choice whether I want to be a slave or not. It's whether I want to live or die. Because if I want to die, that would be it. That's the choice on that. But if I want to live, I'm going to be a slave in this environment. That's if I'm going to live because we have been designated as that. Because this is somebody else's environment. It is not ours. So that's not a real choice, then is it? No, it's not. Technically, of course, you can still say that it is a choice because you have the choice to either be a slave or to be dead. An individual's freedom is not the domain of any other individual. 
We also speak of group freedom, but they can only be accomplished if every individual within that group personally claims that freedom. So we're talking about for us as a people to be free. We all, we all move in that direction towards freedom. We all secure that freedom. We all fight for that freedom. We also speak of uh, a group within any individual uh, does not consider himself or herself to be free. So a group wherein any individual that does not consider himself or herself to be free because of external constraints is not truly liberated. That group may be powerful. That's, that's you know, determining. And it can be powerful. It may be autonomous, but it would not be by definition free. Freedom is a living phenomenon. And because it is alive, it must be maintained and cared for like any other living, breathing, growing, dynamic, creative thing, or it will become weak and sickly. Neglected long enough, it will surely apathy and die, losing itself to the recesses of our memory. Sadly, real freedom is something most Africans never realize because they do not exercise individual choice, whether they are aware that the choices they make are not their own or and cannot visualize personal power. In the affirmation, I struggle for the right of African people to choose freedom. I struggle for the right of African people to choose freedom. I want us to be free, independent, self-determining, liberated, and sovereign. That is true freedom family. If we obtain those four things, we have ultimate true freedom. All decisions are our own. All choices are our own. All manifestations from those choices are our own. Nobody tells us, nobody dictates to us, nobody makes us do anything. We do everything on our own. For some of us, that's too big of a challenge because we've been told to do this and that for so long. And for some of us, it it has been a benefit They've gotten material goods. They've been put into a good position. They're happy with that situation. You know, maybe their family may not be doing good, but they're doing well. Maybe they live in a nice section, but their family is not, you know, because we live in America. America is about individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. That's America. And it's not good for us. So I'm going to search through some of these and some of these I'm going to, you know, just go over. Some of them are very good. This is Felix Botang. To deculturalize African children is therefore to deprive them of what deprive them that which determines the way they think feel and behave 
to deculturalize African children is therefore to deprive them of that which determines the way they think, feel, and behave. How important it is that African children see, like some of us say, well, you got these all these adults, you know, they are stuck in their ways, they've been deeply inculcated, <laughs> you know. But children, if we get children and culturalize so not deculturalize, but culturalize them, immerse them in African culture, teach them African language, African dress, make sure we guide them to understand how important it is for them to work together and to believe in one another and not to hate on one another. Be respectful of, of their parents. Be respectful of elders and adults. Honor and reverence the ancestors. Imagine if we had those opportunities to put that child into that kind of environment and multiple children in that kind of environment as they develop and grow up and how they will be. We cannot afford to forget who we are and what we must do to return our truth to power. Remember, brothers and sisters, what is power? Power is not money. People think that power is money. Power is voting. <laughs> Shit. Politics, partisan politics, power. You know, I used to hear people, we're going to empower the people. <laughs> no. In, in, in Europeans' world, Africans must never have power. In the Europeans' world, Africans must never be able to do for themselves. You know, you can go hear those Howard Nickel pieces uh, that I've referenced before on um, Afropedia.com. Afropedia.com. You can hear those Howard Nickel pieces on that. You know, let's see, what is that? A-F-R-I-P-E-D-I-A.com. Afropedia.com. You can hear those Howard Nichols pieces where they say, we must keep Africa poor. We must keep Africa ignorant. We must keep Africa divided. They know how deep this is. And, 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 and to ensure, listen, to ensure that happens, we definitely take the minds of the young. So we cannot let us teach our children the African way. We, we, they, they want to make sure that we do not get our children immersed in the cultural understanding of who we are. They must be made to remember who they are or they will be led even further into the blinding whiteness many of us run blindly toward. It is said that it only takes two willingly ignorant generations for a people to completely lose their way. Conscious African adults must recognize, however, that regardless of how thorough and invulnerable we believe ourselves to be, our children cannot be completely sheltered from an evil insanity without separating them from the call of insanity in a world where insanity rules. Western culture is consciously insidious and the carriers of Western culture know that the best way to dislocate, fragment and destroy a people is to corrupt their children.
To be someone other than ourselves is to be insane. To knowingly make choices which allow our children to be driven insane is unforgivable. Therefore, African logic dictates the need for an independent, separate, protected community in which we can rear our children into African adults or all efforts will be for naught. If you swim in the ocean of insanity, you're bound to get wet. If we are rearing our children to be nation builders, we have no choice. There are choice. There are chances we absolutely cannot take. There are chances we absolutely cannot take. Affirm the affirmation. Affirm. I'm returning our truth to power. I'm returning our truth to power. That is what real power is. The ability to define reality. If you know what reality should be and you define it and you shape it and you fashion it in your image and in your interests, not somebody else's or not beg to be a part of somebody else's reality. No, brothers and sisters, we define it for ourselves. It is for us to determine. Yeah. The Inye Sesem, brothers and sisters, daily revolutionary thought. This is from April 5th. This is a good quote. And it's uh, Anthony Browder is quoting it but I've seen it in other places. And in fact, I used to, I know this quote because I used to say it all the time. You know, your philosophy determines your thought pattern. Your thought pattern determines your attitude. Your attitude determines your behavior pattern and your behavior pattern determines your actions. It begins with what you think, your philosophy, and it ends with what you do, your actions. So if your philosophy is, and your thought pattern is, and your mindset is that our sisters ain't nothing but you know, then you would treat them that way. And that's what many of our men think about our women. They ain't nothing but D's and H's. They ain't nothing, you know, nagging. And that's how they treat them. But if your philosophy is that our sisters are to be supported, protected, and loved, and cared for, then you would treat them with love and care and protection. It begins with what you think and it ends with what you do. The same with the sisters for the brothers. It's mutual. It's complementarity. Your philosophy. And, 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 and whose philosophy is it? Is it theirs or ours? If it is theirs, <laughs> no. Because on number one, you know that in the society, in European and Western society, they don't value women. <clears throat> they don't value women. African society, there was a serious value of women. Women were complementarities to their men. They were side by side. In fact, there was times, even in ancient Kemet, the highest standard of, of civilized culture where women ruled. In fact, you rose through the woman's line. Everything is related to casual cycles. One thing causes or begets the next. We operate in a universe grounded in epigenetic change. That means each state of being builds on the state of being 
that came before it and lays the foundation for those states of being which are to follow. It is like steps which can only be climbed one at a time. Your fundamental interpretation of reality unconditionally dictates what you know or think you know or do. The only conditional factor in this chain of cause and effect is your fundamental interpretation of reality. If your true philosophy, how you imagine truth and reality ideally is composed in in any way whatsoever, then all links to that lead to the final output, which is you are compromised. In other words, what you believe is the meaning of the essence of reality. What you conceive of has what should be your people's true vision and therefore your life's mission determines that you think that in the first place. Think well. Think well. I think from an African interpretation of reality. I think from an African interpretation of reality. Everything that we begin to do, brothers and sisters, we think in that way. We ask those questions of ourselves. Is this good for African people? Is this African? Does this benefit us? Yeah. The genius of the European is that they have a talent for draining diseases. They have always drained their potential sores on the lands of other people. They have the talent for recovering their internal losses by external extraction from people who had nothing to do with the crimes committed against them. Dr. John Henry Clark. Credit must be given where credit is due. There is no one better at needlessly bringing chaos where there is peace and projecting their ills on others other than Europeans. It is their way. They have been at war with each other since day one. That's like I said, when they came out of that medieval or dark age, they said to themselves, we may war amongst ourselves and we do, but we're going to come together on those who are outside of us, those who are others. And they went around the world taking everybody's stuff in the name of. And they raped the women and saw that the that the offspring did not look like them causing an an innate fear in them of genetic annihilation. So we must control. We must dominate. It is their way. They have been at war with each other since day one. They practice their aggressions within. So has they moved outward into humanity to steal a human status? They had to dress up their barbarities in the resources, ways, and intellect of others who had been naturally blessed with life-giving creative genius. The people who had savagely overran our innocence, destroyed by the childish advocacy of a people without conscience. They rose as we fell. They rose as we fell. They rose because we fell. They rose because we fell. We can never forget that their assault 
was unprovoked. Never has an African people attacked a European people outside of the need to return order to their lives. Never has an African people attacked a European people outside of the need to return order to their lives. That has been the case since we began and remains the case today. Even when we went out to secure borders because we were being attacked. We never ventured, let's go get these people like they have. The affirmation. I will never forget what has been and is being done to African people. I will never forget or forgive. Sometimes we can forget, but we shown hell ain't never gonna forget what has been what has been and is being done to African people. Brothers and sisters, we're gonna take a break. Why don't you join me in this conversation? Or anything else you want to talk about? I you know, I just that uh I know I haven't uh read the Inye Satsum in a while. And I just want to read it and uh, go over it. And I know it's it's deep wisdom. It is. It's beautiful. And we we thank Baba Rudy for what he has done. You know. So we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll continue with the conversation. I hope you can join us at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
Listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And uh, <clears throat> I am your host, Baba Oshi. We're going to get right back to the NYA say so. Because uh, <clears throat> believe me, a lot of this stuff is very profound. And 
you can join the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. This is from April 8th. The study of history is the best medicine for a sick mind. The study of history is the best medicine for a sick mind. Baba Obadeli Williams. Baba Obadeli Williams I met when I first got here. Didn't know him as, you know, his demeanor, you know, he was stern, big brother, you know. But when you got to know him, he was a beautiful man. Very loved Africa, loved Africans. Unlike some psychological disorders, mentocyte is reversible. Our historical and historical our historical and his historical ignorance and the insanity it brings can be cured. However, there is only one cure, and that is study, family. There's only one cure study. Nothing else can bring us health. And although the knowing words of our uncompromised warrior scholars can help start the healing process. It is only through our concerted effort to know, speak, and be African in the African truth that these words heal. For as the ancestors told us, once positively activated, there is no stronger medicine than the mind. The mind. We are at war. For the minds of our people. Mind. For those of us who want to cure their minds, I would suggest starting with large, intense doses of the destruction of black civilization by Chancellor Williams. Cultural Africa by Maleficati Asante. Now Valley Contributions to Civilization by Anthony Broder. The Husea, edited by Milana Karinga. From the Heart by Lee Miller. The Ma'afa and Beyond by Ariel Roberson. Africa, Mother of Western Civilization by Dr. Yosef Ben Jokanen. Some say Jokanen, Jokanen. Notes Toward an African World Revolution by Dr. John Henry Clark. The Cultural Unity of Black Africa by Sheikh Ante de Jop. There is a River by Vincent Harding. Wonderful Ethiopians by Drusilla Dungy Houston. Wonderful Ethiopians of the ancient Kushite Empire by Drusilla Dungy Houston. Introduction to African Civilization by John G. Jackson. Stolen Legacy by George G.M. James. African Origins of Biological Psychiatry by Richard King. Black Women in Antiquity edited by Ivan Van Sertema and for Baba Barudi, Kibuka, just to name a few. I study our, the affirmation. I study our story daily. I study our story daily. Infuse yourself. Infuse yourself with African knowledge. Refuse yourself with the history of our people. You will cure your insanity. You, are, you, you can get rid of the Urugu virus. The Uru virus can be cured. Yeah. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. The 9th of April. The psychology of becoming free is contingent upon understanding the slave-making process. The psychology of becoming free requires the reverse 
of the slave making process. Kwanza Kanjufu. Kwanza Kanjufu. We have to remember that reversing the slave making process entails more than just knowledge of self. It requires reversing what happened to us in its entirety. So, know that we cannot just reverse one part of this horrific experience and consider our work done. We must reverse the process as it impacted us in all areas, in all institutions, family, religion, politics, education, economics, and military. Therefore, logically, we cannot just build monetary wealth to the point of equality with oppressors. But itself, by itself, that would not suffice for the severe defects in our families, educational institutions, and military. None alone will suffice. They must all be acclaimed and built together. A people do not develop their institutions unevenly. Each needs the work of the other because they are one mind and extract a common force. The affirmation. I have reversed the slave-making process. I have reversed the slave-making process. And that's what we must do, family. Reverse that process. To be black and beautiful means nothing. To be black and beautiful in this world means nothing unless we are black and powerful. And we have to understand what power is. Power is not voting. It's none of those things. It's not money. It's not that. Power is the ability to define reality. Dr. Wade Noble's definition, I believe, is the definitive definition. The ability to define reality. Now, I don't like the other part where, you know, imposing it upon others, but I like the part where we define reality I don't want to make others accept our definition as if it's their own what Europeans have done that's what they did they made us accept their definition as if it's our own the question that we need to ask ourselves who are we in their reality who are we in Urugu's reality look at us Look at our situation. Look at our condition. I ain't talking about a few Negroes here and there. I'm talking about us as a people. In general, who are we in their reality? When they brought us here, when they stole us from Africa, brought us here, when they came into Africa and colonized and took resources doing the same, same thing today, who are we in their reality? Who are we in these prisons? Who are we in these ghettos? Who are we every night? I mean, because of the such a deep proliferations of guns in this society, which we'll never get rid of, because that's one thing that these crackers definitely want to hold to is the Second Amendment, your right to bear arms. Your right to kill somebody. Never control it. Who will stop the police, the school shooting? You'll never stop the school shootings. You'll never stop a damn thing because you got guns every... Where? You glorify violence. I told you, the European individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. When true beauty has been falsified and abnormality has been defined as beautiful, and the natural focus of human desire, true beauty loses value, except to those who see ugliness and horror as attractive. 
our beauty is obvious. The problem is one of power. For in this reality, power defines worth. In a world of polarized opposites where beauty has come to be <clears throat> relative and superficial, a person's power determines whether the way they look, naturally look, will be defined as beautiful. In Yoruga's world, beauty is not colorless. It is the absence of color. It is not curved or full or kinky. It is straight and drawn in lines without depth. Given the power to define beauty and erase the ingrained propaganda that distorts ugliness into beauty, we can all, <clears throat> we all can see our beauty. If we are again to be a beautiful people, we naturally are. Not just an ugly one artificially made attractive by imitating the unreal. Then we must cultivate the power within ourselves to redefine ourselves in this world as we have always been. Black, beautiful, and powerful. Affirm, I am black, beautiful, and powerful. But we take those affirmations and we make them into reality. By doing that, by demonstrating that, by being that. Remember, you know, words truly do have meaning. I told you last week, Friday, when I was in uh, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, for the Firefighters Conference. I kept hearing the word mentor and slave and so forth until I had to say something to the group, you know. I asked him, do you know who mentor is? I know you probably know what a mentor is, but do you know where the word comes from? Do you know who mentor is? In Homer's work of the Iliad, Odysseus or Ulysses gives his son over to mentor, gives his son over to this man named mentor while he was away battling whatever and in the process mentor sexually this, I'm talking about the Greeks y'all that's the Greeks they got statues they got statues of them with, with children and pedophilia they got statues of them with other men they don't have a lot of statues of women and, and men together no that is not them that is not these Europeans that is not these Caucasians that is not you Rugu And he has sexually abused that young boy. So no, we don't want mentor. We don't want mentor. We need Jegnas or Jegnox. J-E-G-N-A. J-E-G, Jegnox. Jegnox. A Jegna. A Jegna. April 15th. We are soldiers in love with forming beautiful families, rearing happy thinking children, building strong lasting communities, raising a mighty nation and removing all enemies. For African warrior scholars compliments, there is no other reason for being. Mawalimu K. Bomanti Baruti. Baba Baruti. There is no reason why the family institution was the first there is a reason why the family institution was the first and still the most fundamental African institution Europeans work to destroy. 
It was the source of our heritage. It's transmitter and the common post within which survival strategies are formulated and duties are meted out. Without it, people don't know who they are or what to do. Therefore, it only makes sense that to rebuild our nation, our families must first be rebuilt. And doing this requires bringing a complementarity individuals together and stabilizing and strengthening existing African family relationships. The affirmation, I love, respect, and empower my compliment. I love, respect, and empower my compliment. Family, that's the institution. That's what we must do. That's what we must bring together. This is from April 17th. I would not give a, pe- a pinch of snuff to marry any Caucasian person. I would, I, I ever saw in all the days of my life, I would not give a, pe- a pinch of snuff to be married to any Caucasian I ever saw in all the days of my David Walker and his appeal. As with any strategy employed by Europeans, interracialism or interracial coupling is a philosophy adapted by those Africans so blindly self-hating that they, that they see becoming or bonding with those who taught them to hate themselves as their life's ambition. In doing so, they hope to somehow conceal from their destroyers who they actually are. They hope to become who they so desperately love. And if that's not possible, they aim to at least separate themselves from what is in them they so desperately hate. Truly, their destroyers promote their deluded invisibility in order to keep the self-haters from seeing them for who they really are. Amalgamation helps make vanquished Africans feel more secure, included, if not more of being one with Europeans. Yet again, it provides an offensive camouflage for Europeans so they will appear as a uh, part or of anyone human. By allowing some of them to blend with some of us, they become no longer seen as alien, ah, different, peculiar, insane, as one person, one nation of living the cultural seely and intentional cultural consciousness. In doing so, their genocidal intent becomes better concealed within the disbelief of others who believe they have become one with them. No one would ever imagine them trying to kill themselves. What better defense they have? (laughs) Because they've destroyed our minds and made us believe that being like them or being with them is the thing to be, should be our choice. The affirmation, my bed is undefiled. The affirmation, my bed is undefiled. Ashe. April 22nd. The record of 5,000 years that ended with the European conquest of the whole continent in the 
1800s or the 19th century shows that every African state remained relatively secure and independent as long as it maintains a strict policy of excluding foreigners from settlement within its borders. Every African state remained relatively secure and independent as long as it maintained a strict policy of excluding foreigners from settlement within its borders. Chancellor Williams, the destruction of black civilization. We have been told that the best way for Africans to be at peace with themselves in this cultural wasteland is to forget the past and build a new future as subjects of European society. <laughs> yeah. We were further informed that given the imperfection of humans, the European model of civilization is the best we could ever imagine. And they urged us toward their interpretation of reality by saying that if we just become more open-minded, that means open to their mind misinterpretations, we will see that they have become multicultural bringing the best of all worlds together under their impartial, colorblind, protective umbrella. In order to become part of this new world order, though, we must relinquish the past. We must forget about what they have done to us and who we are. This Eurasian is insensical for those of us who know that we are the culmination of our people. For we are our people. To destroy the true memory of our people is to destroy ourselves. Sankofa, brothers and sisters. The affirmation is Sankofa is my motto. Go back and fetch it. Sankofa is my motto. But as I read that and hopefully as you listen you, you can see that that is what happened. You can see clearly that the European has done one hell of a job of making us, even though they did what they did to us, that we somehow want to believe that we too then, that's, that's old. I remember one dude talk about we're, we're different. We're a different African. You know, we're different. I hate to think that these Europeans made us different. Just like uh, I even saw the, the piece with uh, Jimmy the Greek Snyder not too long ago talking about how we were bred to be, you know, the great athletes that we are, that they, they made us. I hate to think that they think that they made us. We were naturally that way. This is not something that you did. You didn't breed us to be great. No, we were that from the beginning. We were great athletes and, 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 and great jobs from the beginning. You didn't do that. You didn't create us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I tell you. April 23rd. Men who are in earnest are not afraid of consequences. Men who are in earnest are not afraid of consequences. The Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. 
No man better Garvey has a model of steadfast earnestness. I repeat, no man, no other man of our culture bettered Garvey as a model of steadfast earnestness. When the, when the force of righteousness anchored in a deep and abiding love of African people is found in one of our warrior scholars, we are blessed to witness an unconquerable spirit at work. This is what drove this relentless man to do whatever was needed to free our people. He expected to win. There never was a question for Garvey. That was never a question. And it still is not a question. At the same time, he was also keenly aware that not everyone around him had his will or love for African people. And for this, he knew there would be serious consequences. He was not delusional. He was fully aware that there were those who did not understand nation building. He was cognizant of, of the inevitable whining of tirades of Negro lackeys and their conspiring masters who understandably saw him as a threat to their ill-gotten privilege. Yet he did not falter. He did not stutter. He did not quit. He did what Africans who know that their ancestors would do. He stood shielded by a vision of uncompromising liberation, unafraid of any beast. Ashe. The affirmation. Consequences do not deter me from committing acts of righteousness. Consequences do not deter me from committing acts of righteousness. Marcus Garvey. I mean, there's so many people, you know, in our history that I deeply admire. You know, so many men and women who I look at as strong models of men and women who not afraid who spoke and who did things with courage and determination to help liberate African people. We have to do our part. You know, we have to do our part. April 24th. Just as the people with amnesia is doomed to walk around confused about who he or she is, where they have come from, where they are headed, and the nature of their relationships with others, so too is the African who does not know, memorialize, and understand the great suffering. That is so many of our people. Brother Kofi, a day. Ariel Roberson. A lot of us don't understand. In fact, even when I do a libation, I don't, I need to put more emphasis on the Infakani, the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement. It's painful. It is very painful. 
Some it is to some it is embarrassing. They want to truly disassociate and not remember, disconnect. And then praise the people that did it. Want to be with the people that want to be immersed with the people that did it. Today, when people in the community are asked if they are political, almost never is the question about whether or not they politically act in the interests of African people. It is simply an inquiry as to whether they like to talk politics. No participation in action organized solely in the interests of African people is assumed. Even so, it is also used as a tool to obligate, sanction the conscious warrior scholars that Negroes and lost souls consider paranoia about whiteness. They consider paranoid about whiteness. Nevertheless, asking if one is political really is a political question for Africans of conscience. For being political means acting in grassroots concert with other critical, knowledgeable, revolutionary African minds toward an independent, physical, mental, and spiritual empowerment and liberation of African people. Being political means actively working in African interests. And working for the people means knowing who we are in contrast to those we are not. It means knowing our story as well as that of those whose relationship with us has brought us nothing but great suffering. It means knowing our story as well as that of those whose relationship with us has brought us nothing but great suffering. The affirmation. I use the power of knowing the Ma'afa to act against its effect. I use the power of knowing the Ma'afa to act against its effects and what it has done to us. Jumping all the way to the end of it, April. These were the these were the ones out of red when I usually read the NYA say some after the announcements before we go into <clears throat> the program. And of course on Fridays I read Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then come back Monday, I read Sunday and Monday. You know. Y'all know the deal. I try to make sure I read every one of these gems of the Inye Sesim. And this is from the first volume. You know, this is from the first volume of the Inye Sesim. April 28th. If they call you Negroid, then I should be able to call them Mutinoid. We should come up with our own scientific terms unless the oppressed can't name the oppressor. I call them Mutinoids. That's a scientific term. My brother Ashwa Kwesi. Ashwa Kwesi. We used to say Ofe, cracker, pale face, whitey, hunky, being stuck in a minority status of mind, seeing them as powerful, potentially benevolent humans without moral guidance from us, confused victims of a reactive frustration, aggression. 
We now say ice people, destroyers, psychopathic, racist, born killers, Urugu, because we know the history of their spiritlessness, their acts of spirit side. We seek, we see freaks of nature. We know that history does not change a thing's essence. It reveals it. We learn simply simple lessons uncovered by our scholars. Too many to name. Too many unnamed. Who sacrifice all to reach back deep into others and our past to explain the present condition of our negation from the outside in. They studied the Genesis. They studied <clears throat> They studied the genesis and the evolution of the problem. Though through them we saw through a few bad apples to one corrupted seedless core. We learned to see it as them, not him or her, not the clan or the World Health Organization, but the nation of shepherd kings, of Greeks, of Romans, of old and new Europeans, of Caucasian beings. We now see our mistakes as a people of spirit, often too forgiving for our children's good. We try to measure them one by one when they were only one. Brothers and sisters, they are only one. They're all the same. There are some degrees of difference. One might say that, one may never say that. But ultimately, they are our enemy because they've truly acted in that fashion. You know, out of all our studies, history, Malcolm, out of all our studies, history is best qualified to reward our research. Look at the history of the European as it relates to people outside themselves. Look at the history of the European as it relates to, as it relates to us and what has happened. And I can talk and I can talk about all the way from ancient history to contemporary to this very damn day. The affirmation. I name our oppressors for what they are. I name our oppressors for what they are. The cracker, the ofe, the pale face, the whitey, the hunky. Man. Today, April. 29th. Racial integration is the enemy of unity because it requires the integrating group to be submerged, weakened, and scattered as a minority in a society in which the majority rules. Claude Anderson. The majority of Africans are being subintegrated into European society because Europeans realize at this time little else can be done to those of us who are not being physically contained or otherwise disposed of. When you are a power minority in a world which hates your very presence because it reveals its lies, yet you must somehow be incorporated because there are too many of you to ignore and you had better believe that your assimilation will be no better for your mind than your physical enslavement was for your body. While a few of you will receive the larger, more desirable crumbs 
and preferred seats at the fringes of privilege. As a people, you will be kept relatively powerless. However, propagated to embrace being sub-integrated into a xenophobic, envious, projecting people who naturally cannot tolerate real differences and who, if for no other reason than this, are determined to genetically annihilate you. Damn! Is to invite your removal from physical existence. Recognizing this and knowing that power is innate, we must know that subintegration is a choice and the worst possible one for African people who want to remain whole. To demand to be incorporated into inferiority and therefore become inferior is not the mark of a self-loving people's wisdom. The affirmation. I have no inferiority. I have no inferiorizing aspirations. I have no inferiorizing aspirations. The last one. April 30th. Thus, everywhere over the earth, where we find people crowded, backed by climate or conquest to to bleak and barren districts, we see change of natural, of human nature, from gentleness to ferocity. Truzilla Dungy Houston, the sister who wrote in 1926, the same year Carter G. Woodson started Negro History Week, her book, The Wonderful Ethiopians of the Ancient Kushite Empire, and her quote, which is most dynamic, she said, out of paleontology, archaeology, ethnology, I have dug up an irrefutable arsenal of facts that Harvard or Yale or even cowardly scholarship in our people can dare not refute. Then she says, how can a leadership point the way forward that is utterly ignorant of the past? That's Drusilla Dungy Houston. This is true, but innate or inbred temperance or personality determines the intensity, form, and direction which the ferocity takes. If confined in almost all cases, venting is toward those who are closest to you. Proximity is a critical human interaction variable, especially for acts of love or hate. When released, however, we are able to see a people's nature, for there is a fundamental difference at the level of spirit between those who are naturally loving enough to continue to contain their frustrations among themselves as they work to solve the issues to the benefit of all involved and those who cannot relinquish their anger through reasonable meditation and find solace and sense of self inventing on any and everybody they encounter except those they have good reason to fear a reciprocal retaliation from. Our story and their story respectively bear <clears throat> witness to this fact. Sadly, if those who are accustomed to venting on others comes to oppress others and forcibly contain them in bleak and barren physical, mental, and spiritual places, then those 
so confined, once deprived of any meaningful, active consciousness of self, will invariably vent their frustrations on each other in the same way as their captives. As victims of this confusion, we must find constructive ways to stop hurting ourselves and effective ways to vent against which forces us unto each other, against each other. Affirm, I do not vent against innocence. I do not vent against innocence. Brothers and sisters, the wisdom of the Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought, the, the wisdom of Baba Mwali Mubarudi. <clears throat> 646646, four, six, six, four, six. good afternoon. ODOs, ODOs, how was your birthday, brother? <laughs> I didn't get that chocolate cake, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just well, that's because that's of Quay Cool. That's yeah. not my fault. Quay Cool, Quay cool held out on you. I told him, you know, you were supposed to give you that chocolate, that chocolate cake because you was eating ribs that night and you needed something really, really black to clean your system out after having them ribs and collard greens and potato salad. But, hey, what could you do? What could you do? <laughs> no, nah, man, it was a beautiful day, man. My daughters were great. I know it was, I man. I love my daughters. I love my grandsons. I love my family. They were really beautiful. They did some good things, man. So I had a great day. How you been, man? <clears throat> I'm, all, I'm all right, man. I was just listening to what you were saying about somebody being upset about or not being upset about having them a white woman in their life. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah. What are they missing? Yeah. What did they? What did they? What did they miss? Ain't that deep and ain't that real? No, but it's real because of the simple fact that they think that by having this devil in your um, mix, that you know, (laughs) it's going to make some sort of difference. Ain't going to make no difference. It's not going to make no difference. A white man, a white man ain't never been, ain't never been beneficial to your upliftment and and your progression in life. I don't know who told you that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's unfortunate because it seems that that's really all that we want in our lives is to serve white folks. Yeah. I well, mean, it's, you, it's crazy. Well, well, you, you know what I mean? Right. Because, but if you live in this environment. You're going to be bombarded 24/7, 365 with that image and with that notion. Oh, no question. You know, no question. You know, it's, it's part of this. It's part of the setup. Right. Now, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Maybe you could answer because I, I I need to get the numbers on it. How many black people you think in this country are members of the Divine Nine, fraternities and sororities? Mm-hmm. I, I'm after the Divine Nine. Uh. It numbers in the hundreds of thousands because, you know, the, the those uh, those organizations were started at the turn of the last century, you know. And so for the few brothers and sisters particularly who went to uh, uh, our schools, or they weren't our schools, but the ones that were established for us, you know, those sororities and fraternities were established on those schools. And then, of course, for the brothers and sisters who began to go to the Caucasian school, some of those uh, fraternities and sororities were established on those okay, schools. Okay, let me, let me so ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do, would you say would you say that there's more than a million between 
sororities and fraternities that are black? It could be. It, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Okay. Because because you gotta understand though, you gotta understand though, you know, it's not automatic that when a when a when a student who attends those schools automatically, you know, pledge to a sorority well, I know, or fraternity. I know people that have pledged mm-hmm. um, when they became adults because they right. didn't want to go through the right. line when they was right all that you hazing. Know, all that foolishness. Right, because yeah. I almost got caught up in it when I was in college. But, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't let nobody do no F to me. Right. It, it just, I was as young, I was, when I was younger, I liked to fight. So it was different. I was in, <laughs> I grew up in an era where we threw hands. Right on. You know what I mean? I, we, we, we wasn't pacified right That's right. Like now where we got knives and guns and all. No, we threw hands. I fought every yeah. day yeah. growing up. So, you know, that's my... That's my mentality at that yeah. that time. No, the reason why I say that, and this is what I'm trying to point out to the backwitness of some of these these Negroes. I watch every day, basically Roland Martin show. I, I, you know, I may not watch the whole show, but I watch it. I I tune in every day. Okay. Now for the last year. Two years. Matter of fact, since he's been, uh, I would say for the since last he been, year. Since, since he's been fra- he, back from Africa? Huh? Since he's been back from Africa? Remember he went to Africa? No, I've, I've, I've been watching him since the beginning. I mean, okay. you know what I mean? He's he who he's who he is, yeah. but he will put some information out there that could sometimes be beneficial. So this is what I'm trying to make the point of about us as a people and how we don't come together and do what we supposed to do. Now, for the last year or so, he's been asking 50,000 people to download his app, Black Star Media, so that, you know, it could be beneficial to be used to, you know, get advertisements and things of that nature. All, all of these subliminal things in a sense. Okay. Now, one would think him being probably one of the most notarized Negroes in Alpha Five Alpha, and I would say Alpha Five Alpha definitely in the United States have over fifty thousand members. You would think that every member would just download the app on the principle of it. Okay, I see that, and donate to him. Right. Ten dollars or something like that. And then every one of those so called divine nine muckety muck Negroes would download the app. So at that point in time, he would be in a power position to say, Well look, I got a million a million downloads of my app and now I could do some things. Okay. Yeah. But no. Negroes don't think like that. And this is why because of our love of the white man, we're in the condition that we're in. I say. This is why we're not moving forward collectively as a group. This is why if the white man never decided that he didn't have no more use for your black ass, you wouldn't be in a position to sustain yourselves in this country. This is why you have all of these politicians who you put into office and they become rich. Their family members become better off. Their lobbyists who lobby them become rich. And the community suffers. There is no functional community 
in the black world, listen to what I'm saying, in the United States, mm-hmm. that has a functioning community and a striving community where there's a black person that's their political representation. Mm-hmm. And if there is one, I would love for somebody to name it and tell me. And that right there tells you where we doing something wrong. Now, I would make the suggestion if we wanted to move forward, we should take the works, cultural work of Murata Baruti and the economic work of what Kitty Oberwalu is talking about. And if we just did those two things collectively, we'd be in a better position in five years. Mm-hmm. But we ain't but we ain't ready. We ain't ready. <clears throat> we not ready. No, not collectively. We just we're not. don't understand we don't understand that in order for our lives to get better, we have to change the paradigm of being a part of whiteness. Trying to have what white people have and trying to prove ourselves to white folks and set forward and put forward our own agenda. Well, you know, what what makes it very difficult to do is that the, the, the parable I use and that they have a vice grip on our minds. <clears throat> it's all about the minds. There were two or three things in the Inye Saysen that I read uh, in this program that talked about the mind, how we need to, you know, infuse ourselves with knowledge of ourselves. Because just like that vice grip parable, you know, because you know the tool, Jay, once the vice grip is set, you just can't pull it apart. That's that knob at the end of the handle that you have to turn to release the tension on it, and then finally you can open it. The turning of the knob is symbolic of acquiring knowledge of self. And many of us are afraid and fearful of knowledge of self. We want to believe the Caucasian. We've been trained to believe the Caucasian. So, you know, to... to, to oh, develop... see, we on remote control, bro. Yeah. It's that plain and yeah. simple. We're on Black remote control. folks in America is on remote control. And that's a damn shame. They have no vision. They have no idea of independence. Mm-hmm. They have no thought of sovereignty. They just on remote control. Yeah. Anything the white man tell them is good for them, they believe it, and they follow through with it. And you know something, man, to be honest, how mad could you get with them? Really, seriously, all jokes aside, how mad could you get with the Negro over it? Well, it don't, it don't, it don't make sense to get mad at him. Well, you know. Because he's just, you know. See, I... I don't get mad at us. I, I, I definitely do not like what has happened to us. Because I, I like to put the blame where it squirrely belongs on Caucasians, on Europeans, on Urugu. They are the ones that made this shit possible. They are the ones that set this up. They are the ones that make us behave. And I know uh, when last week when me and Brother Franklin were talking about, you know, the, the narratives that they have established. And I know some of them. Some people got upset by the fact that we were saying this and the way we're saying we're saying that, yes, we have followed along with these narratives and many of us can step outside of these imposed boundaries that Europeans have placed upon us to look at this madness for for, for what it is and then 
gather ourselves to move against it, not to challenge it, not to destroy. That's it'll fall on its own. We have to internalize and purge ourselves of this ignorance, of this stupidity, of this self-doubt, of all this self-hate. We have to do that. That is our responsibility. You know? But it is there. Our responsibility our responsibility is clearly to stop loving white folks. Our responsibility is to see white folks as the enemy for which he is. Yeah. I, we have no we have no other responsibility. It's just that plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that we don't want to we don't want to deal with and really honestly address. But that's the reality. Yeah. There's no there's no other discussion in regards to it. Yeah. He's your enemy and he always will be. And 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 for the there are some of us because of how they presented it I mean, and how they present themselves, we don't want to believe that they're that that they that we have an enemy. You know, in hey, fact coach. in fact many of us many of us want to believe we're we are our own worst. Hey, yes. I, which is a statement I can't stand. We are our own worst enemy. We are. I mean, Ochi, take this into consideration right quick. Here it is. You have people, black, white, all nationalities in this country suffering. And you telling me you're giving billions of dollars to some damn Ukrainians? And you got homelessness, people not being able to eat properly and all of these things. And you telling me that America don't see you as their enemy also? You know what I mean? How could you? And, and, and we don't, and we justify, I mean, to, to, to listen to the news. From a strategic standpoint. Alone approving that. It's, yeah. it's men. Well, but from a, from a European strategic standpoint, the battle between East and West, you know, it ain't, we're relegated to, you know, a fringe. They don't give a damn about us. They don't give a damn about the people in this country. It is a battle between East and West. And so therefore, the West must be supported. And Ukraine is now, excuse me, a part of that West. And so they must put the resources in there. Now, this will only proliferate everything. (coughs) Excuse me again. But it is a possibility that the unthinkable could happen. But who for this? Who, who, you know, let's, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. The reason why there is a war between Russia and Ukraine is because of America and NATO. That's the only reason there's a war between America, between Russia and Ukraine. If the Ukraine had went about their business and not tried to join NATO, this wouldn't be going on. Russia would have just let them do their thing as long as they didn't get too much out of hand. And what you call them? That's why, you know, my disappointment in, in Russia is that they just ain't totally wipe them off the 
face of the earth. Because, I mean, to me, they they toying with them like Israel toyed with the Palestinians. Well, because, because, I just, because I just to do obli- my thing with them. Because to obliterate what? them, because to obliterate them would cause World War Three, and that and nah, that scenario. Oh shit! Believe me, Jay. If they were going to do that in mass like that, and the other thing is, Ukraine has every right to join whoever they want to join. No, yeah, no, don't. damn it, they no. do. They're okay, a sovereign okay, nation. If I'm a sovereign, if I'm a sovereign nation, Jay. If I'm a sovereign nation, I have every right. I I tell you why he, why they don't. Just like Russia didn't have the right to put nuclear warheads in Cuba. It's just certain things that you don't do, brother. It's certain, you don't you don't truly, go in the bear cage with the truly, you don't go in the bear cage with the bear knowing that you can't beat the bear and the bear's gonna defend his territory. So what happened when Russia decided they wanted to put nuclear Warheads in Cuba, America said because they were going to defend. Damn what America said, they they showed that they would do that to defend Cuba, and so Russia, they said, okay, they negotiated. That's what happened. It brought them to negotiate that. It wasn't like, oh, you're gonna bring warheads in there. No, they 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 understood that that move right there and that established. Hold on, hold on, Jay. Hold on. Hold on, Jay. And that established Cuba, although the only alliance they had was with Russia. But and 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 that established the foolishness that has gone on for almost sixty over sixty years between uh, Cuba and the United States. And just for a moment, just for a moment, when Barack was president, that was it released because it was reestablished with with Trump, the isolation to Cuba. It's the same thing. But but to me. Even though there's a border between Ukraine and Russia, Ukraine, if they're a sovereign country, they can join whoever the hell they want to join. I don't give a damn about I don't give a damn about your sovereignty if you are provoking. How is that a provoking? How is that provoking? By joining by joining NATO. What are they scared? The Russia mind. is scared. No, Russia's you afraid. Let me finish. Can I finish? Can I finish? Hey, listen, I tell you what, I tell you what, Jay, I tell you, hold that point, hold that point, Jay. All right. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they show sure the hell, damn it, don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, Not you at have all. A, that's right. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Hope you join us on Monday. Shim Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibifahorie. Bibifahorie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a wonderful weekend. See you on Monday, family. Peace. Yeah, but oh, 